0: Hello, everyone. This is Giulio Coraggio, location head uh, at uh, the Italian uh, Department of uh, Intellectual Property and Technology at the law firm Piper. This is the podcast uh, Diritto Digitale. And uh, today I'm honored to have here Brando Benifei is uh, the member of the European Parliament that acted um, as a rapporteur of uh, the UAI Act and was one of the frontrunners for the approval of this AI, uh, the first AI legislation across uh, Europe. So thank you very much, Mr. Benifei, for your availability and uh, the time you're dedicating to us.
1: Thank you very much for your interest in our work and in the uh, idea of inviting me to speak about this important uh, topic together and uh, I want also to thank everyone who is listening to us.
0: So um, during the last month, uh, you had a marathon of over 36, 36 hours uh, to reach a preliminary agreement on the EU AI Act. Can you just give us a, a bit of a ground on uh, the rationale behind the first legislation on artificial intelligence uh, across Europe?
1: The AI Act uh, has been uh, uh, born out of a long reflection and discussion in the European institutions with uh, stakeholders, business leaders, uh, small and bigger businesses, developers, academia, etc. This is something which started a process that started when uh, the um, European Parliament uh, uh, has begun its uh, mandate uh, uh, for this term uh, in 2019, um, and uh, um, we have seen uh, um, a high-level um, working group uh, uh, in the uh, uh, with the Commission, and also a- an effort from the Parliament to start discussing, for example, the impact on culture of AI, the impact on Uh, social control of AI, and we started a political discussion. Um, This has brought also to a special committee on artificial intelligence uh, that worked for more than one year with a lot of hearings, a lot of discussions with experts um, that uh, also released uh, a political report called the AIDA report, the Artificial Intelligence in Digital Age um, report, that Um, was the basis for um, the start of the legislative work that started in the second part of this legislature with the proposal coming from the European Commission of the first ever um, uh, AI hard law, what has been already being uh, developed as a risk management uh, system um, uh, by the private sector, by the public institutions, um, by the real world. Already for a long time, So it's been not inventing something new, but rather it started with just transforming into a hard legislation, not uh, anymore a recommendation or a code of conduct or a code of practice, existing practices of risk mitigation. This is very important to understand. Uh, The AI act in its core part, in its core uh, working, so the pyramid of risk, Uh, the different levels of of risk that bring a different level of regulation is not inventing anything. They are already there. The difference is that it becomes mandatory. It becomes a law. It's not anymore a voluntary commitment. It's not not anymore a good practice of the business. Uh, It's a law that needs to be respected in front of consumers and citizens. Then the development of the debate has brought us also to deal with... uh, Uh, the rules of the generative AI, of the most powerful models, of uh, uh, also um, uh, challenges uh, uh, that we can say were not there at the beginning. But the core issue is always the same. Reducing risks um, by providing standards to have a good uh, practice of uh, putting into market and then into use AI systems. Uh, and enlarging in this way the opportunities for everyone. So in the end, the, the the mindset behind the AI Act is the consumer protection and the defense of fundamental rights, uh, uh, making uh, innovation um, compatible with our fundamental values so that we can avoid to deal only ex-post uh, issues of damaging, issues of con- uh, contentious uh, situations, but rather ex ante, uh, deliver uh, solutions that can prevent uh, problems and build more trust. This is also the ultimate uh, objective, build trust around the development and the deployment of AI in
0: our society. No, no, absolutely. I, I do agree that uh, the certainty, a level of certainty on the obligations around artificial intelligence can encourage the flourishing of uh, the market. Now, uh, in December, we said that that, uh, you you spent 36 hours of negotiations. We know that there are some kind of gray areas, some technical aspects that still need to be agreed in detail. Now, who is going to be involved in these discussions? Are we just talking about the technical experts within uh, the European Council, the Commission and the Parliament, or you're going to involve also some stakeholders from the market um, in order to better understand how to fine-tune these uh, aspects still to be decided within the AI Act.
1: In these weeks, uh, we got a lot of uh, uh, ideas from stakeholders on uh, fine-tuning of the AI Act, but often what we got were also suggestions on issues that are already completely closed. In fact, the agreement we made is very much comprehensive. There has been a lot of speculation about the lack of a lot of aspects in the agreement, but this is really not real. It's just, um, uh, we can say, uh, journalistic speculation. Uh, the the. The AI Act is closed and we are only working on uh, technical issues that are dealing with the recitals of the legislation. And obviously the parliament is uh, uh, involved at the level of the parliamentarians and of the technical experts uh, together with all the other partners, the council first of all, and the commission as the honest broker. But um, I can tell you that uh, although it's always valuable to get uh, uh, inputs also in this phase the text is closed uh, we got uh, for uh, a couple years inputs and we worked uh, on them and uh, now we can say that really only marginal um, issues are being discussed and they are linked to um, having complete legal clarity and uh, uh, a lack of contradiction in a very very long text so um, to be frank substantial issues are already being, all of them are already being uh, decided.
0: Yeah, that's good to know. Um, So you said all the points are closed. Can you give us an estimate on when the parliament will actually vote the AI Act and uh, it will be published on the official gazette?
1: Yes um we are going to vote uh, in the we need to vote in the committees and then in the European Parliament plenary and also the council needs to do its final decision so the parliament will vote um uh, realistically due to a calendar uh, organization at the beginning of february in committee and then in plenary it could be uh, march or early april um, and the um, um, the council will also have its own vote in February.
0: So, you, from your perspective, there is no chance at all that the agreement will fall apart because you already reached uh, the agreement uh, upon, uh, across the trilogue uh, in all uh, the aspects that are relevant. We need to clarify how this
1: decision-making process works. Um, the agreement we reached is not with the all of the Council. And on the other hand, the agreement reached is not with the whole of the Parliament. Uh, the agreement is between uh, rapporteurs rapporteurs um, and the Council presidency, the Spanish presidency in this case. So uh, on one end, we need to ensure from parliament, that what we agreed on is now supported by a majority of political groups. And the Spanish presidency, with now the support of the Belgian presidency, that is the the new presidency that has entered, so they will need still to work together, the the Spanish government that was uh, uh, holding the presidency and the new presidency uh, that is the Belgian one, uh, they need to ensure us that a majority of uh, council that is uh, also a a majority that is uh, composed by a numerical majority, but also uh, um, a balanced majority in council, which is linked to the population, um, needs to support uh, this uh, agreement. Um, So we are both doing our part so that the agreement will be respected. But uh, I am 100 percent sure that the parliament is going to support with the majority and the council will be supporting with the majority. We are quite sure about this. We can say that with quite a a
0: certainty. Yeah. Um, What is, uh, in your view, the reaction of the the global economy on the approval of the AI Act? There are uh, some uh, companies, uh, I would say more on the other side of the Atlantic, uh, that argue that um, uh, the AI Act in some ways is overregulating and might uh, uh, trigger to a competitive disadvantage for the European Union. On the other hand, we saw the GDPR that uh, was very strict and... It didn't trigger a competitive disadvantage for the European Union. So, what what are your expectations on the impact of the act act on the global economy?
1: Well, uh, we cannot measure at the moment the so-called Brussels effect. We will see how much it will uh, entail in this case. What we can say is that uh, it's a bit curious that uh, companies that are based. elsewhere and are um, building their fortunes elsewhere, they are worried about Europe. To be honest, I think they are worried about the fact that they will need to follow rules. And maybe these rules might be spilling over also in other places. So um, because we need to clarify, these rules are not for European companies and are not for European uh, um, uh, uh, users of of AI. They are for those that develop and put on the market, and those- no, sorry, not develop, for those that put on the market and commercialize. And on the other end those that use AI, so developers and users in the European territory. So you can be European, you can be Chinese, you can be American. The point is not who you are. So these laws have no impact on European companies that is different from the other companies of the world. The only difference which is relevant, and I want to get to that because that's the thing I'm worried about, is the fact that we are putting significant rules based on also other legislation on data. And the data that is used to train AI systems is very important. And so um, working for more uh, data accessibility in Europe and more sharing of computational power like they are doing at the level of US or China, while in in Europe we are still fragmented on the use of supercomputers and computational power. Um, uh, Von der Leyen spoke about this in her, State of the Union speech in September, yes, these are issues of which I'm worried about because I still see two fragmentation, two confusion on the use of data in Europe. Let's put aside the GDPR. We are talking about also um, uh, data spaces, open data spaces, um, the use of uh, non-personal data. It's still not working in, in the best way, in my opinion. And this is the problem I see for our competitivity. Um, uh, But uh, uh, the the, the rules we are talking about are not for Europeans. Uh, uh, These are rules for everyone that wants to uh, 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 put its product in the European market. And we are sure that no one wants to renounce to the European
0: market. So the rules will be followed. Yeah, no, no. I I, I do agree that uh, it will actually uh, become a competitive advantage. and. probably will become a global uh, benchmark. Um, Among those provisions of the AI Act uh, that have been more discussed um, are those relating to the disclosure of content uh, on which um, the uh, generative AI technology has been uh, trained. And we had, uh, during the last weeks, one of the most significant disputes in this, uh, area between uh, the maybe the largest newspaper in the world and one of the largest big techs, and uh, definitely the current current largest um, generative AI developer. So, what do you think that this disclosure obligation will uh, generate in the European market? We will see some disputes. Uh, uh, also, do you okay. think that the disclosure obligation will uh, require to list? Uh, every single content on which the uh, AI has been trained, or just the category of contents. So uh, the the disclosure obligations will be based on
1: the uh, uh, template that the European AI office will prepare. So that will be important to see how we develop that. So the sufficiently detailed summary that we have in the law will be specified more Precisely, how much uh, it should be extended, uh, its extent, and also how to be uh, prepa- how it should be prepared. Um, it will, for sure, not entail to uh, list every single content. Uh, the objective is to have a transparency that is sufficiently impactful to give the rights holders a way to uh, defend their rights uh, in front of abusers. Um This is the uh, something which we try to. Uh, also uh, put in place to uh, strengthen the negotiation possibility and the, and the position of power of the content creators in front of um, the big developers, uh, 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 exactly to avoid just a, a, an infinite series of uh, judiciary cases, because we want uh, uh, to clarify that uh, transparency is the first uh, point. And from the transparency then uh, uh, these developers will avoid uh, 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 judicial cases where they will be succumbent if uh, it's clear that they have been using uh, copyrighted material without any any um, um, authorization. Uh, uh, and to avoid them, they will need to find agreements and to find solutions with the rights holders. This is our political objective to avoid this disproportionate situation in terms of of power balance and to uh, deliver uh, a a protection to those that actually provide the content that is needed to to make these uh, systems learn what they do.
0: Yeah. Last question, Mr. Benifei. If you were a company that uh, were developing an AI solution or planning to use AI solutions, what would you do now? in terms of establishing an AI governance program, performing some tests on AI, implementing policies. So
1: what I suggest is very clear. You need to adhere to the AI pact, which will be launched after the approval of the AI Act. Uh, The P in front of Act is a different uh, uh, concept. Is the idea of a... um, voluntary anticipated compliance, which means Um, that we will accompany with a a platform that the European Commission will create the companies to the compliance to the AI Act before it becomes completely uh, mandatory. So um, after six months from the approval, the prohibitions will kick in. Then 12 months, we will start with the obligations on generative AI and general purpose AI. And after two years, the prohibitions on uh, the uh, provisions, sorry, on um, high risk applications and the uh, uh, conformity assessment will be mandatory. So there will be two years to be completely compliant, and we want to accompany this compliance uh, with voluntary anticipated compliance and this is what i suggested follow uh, this work work uh, uh, be part of the ai pact with the business sector with the institutions
0: so you will be ready before it becomes uh, an obligation yeah now thank you very much mr benifei uh, honestly you've been really outspoken uh, and uh, i can perceive the passion that you put uh, in uh, your work, so we're really thankful for what you've done. So.